0: Hello, this is Josh Crispin, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn to Exodus chapter 17. we'll start reading with verse six and seven and as always i always bring a lot of scripture don't i amen how many love love the word amen love the word the word says behold i will stand before thee there upon the rock in horeb and thou shalt smite the rock and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink and moses did so in the sight of the elders of israel And he called the name of the place Masa and Meribah because of a chiding of the children of Israel. And because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Wow. Let's talk. Let's let's read that part again. It says they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is the people who were delivered from slavery, Okay. They watched the Lord, they watched the hand, the hand of God part the Red Sea. They'd been fed in the wilderness, they'd been taken care of in the wilderness, they'd had numerous miracles, and they have the audacity to say, okay, we're thirsty, okay, is the Lord with us or not? Okay? But you think about that for a second. Sometimes we always just want what we want when we want it. Somebody say amen. And if God doesn't give us what we want when we want it, He doesn't care about me. Is he even, I'm not, is he even, is there even a God? Okay. It's, it's, isn't it, isn't it like the contrast? How many people fickle? Amen. But I want to speak to you for just a little while tonight on this thought. Waters of strife and the barren state. Waters of strife and the barren, B-A-R-R-E-N, state. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to, to gather together and to break the bread of your word, Lord. God, I pray that you would be with us, Lord. Let the anointing, Lord, uh, saturate everything that's said and done. God, I pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes and the hearts and the minds of your of your people, God, that let us be changed today in the name of Jesus. Lord, let us be changed today. Say, change today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. How many want to be changed tonight? amen i don't know about you but i don't want to leave the same way that i got here amen i want to have something imparted to my spirit i want to learn a little something i want to i want to have a little bit more of the lord when i leave here than i want to come in somebody say amen Well we t- start talking about water here now water uh who likes water okay anybody like to drink water okay now i've known people that hated to drink water uh my, my son he he really doesn't like to drink water and that's something we've kind of battled with his whole life. I'll be like, drink some water. You know, he's always wanting to drink Gatorade. Always give me Gatorade or give me pop or whatever. Never any water. And I always tell him, you know, you need to drink some water. Amen. How many knows that there's nothing like a cool drink of water on a warm hot day, right? You're outside working. There's nothing like a cold drink of water when you're really thirsty. You get up in the middle of the night and your mouth's dry and you just go in there and you just get that glass of water and you just chug, chug, chug. And there's nothing like that, right? It's a huge part of our life. We use it for lots of things. Now, if you were going to wash your car, if you went out there and just took some car soap and poured it on your car and started rubbing it around, how, how would that be? Okay, not too well, right? You need, you need the water, right? You need the, the washing of that water. Somebody say amen. 60% of your body is water. You know that? 73% of your heart and your brain is water. Okay? So you're waterlogged, right? <laughs> Your lungs are 83% water. You believe that? With three in three days without water, you'll die. Okay? The Bible likens many things to water, right? He likens uh the spirit of the of, of God to water. He likens the word to water. He you know, we talk about water when we talk about purification, sanctification, you know, the washing of the water of the word, baptism. You know, we talk about water, right? Well, here in this reading, we're talking about different kinds of water okay there was a time when uh, Moses came was bringing uh, the children of Israel through the wilderness and there was times that they were thirsty and there was a couple instances where water came out of the rock may say amen at this point here I want you to notice a word because we're gonna touch on it here for a minute I'm gonna leave it and I'm gonna come back to it okay and I want you guys to have your thinking caps on tonight because I really want—I really think something is going to be said or done here that's going to make open our eyes about some things. Marabah, okay. This word Marabah. Now it's a proper noun, so it's a name of a place. They named the place Marabah. But 48—it's a Hebrew uh, word. 4809 in the Strong's. It means strife or contention. Okay, strife or contention. Now. The water supply, so they named this, if you read on down in the Strong's, it the water supply at this place called Kadesh on the southern border of the Promised Land is where this this happened, okay? Now, stay with me. Don't fade on me. Stay with me. Get everybody's eyes right here. Come on. This is where the people murmured against God, okay, in spite of everything that he had done for them. Okay, this is the point where God's, God, it, it became so bad. How many knows that 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 sometimes when, you're, when your kids are complaining about something, it'll, you'll let it go, and you'll let it go, and you'll let it go. And then there comes a time when it just you've had all you can take, right? You've had all the complaining that you're going to take, and you're going to say something. Something's going to be done about it right now. Well, this is one of those times that God took notice of the murmuring that was going on he took notice of the discontent that was in the, the hearts of his people how many knows there's sometimes you can be uncomfortable and you could be you know upset about some things or work or take notice of things but you don't have to be discontented okay you don't have to start murmuring against your leader or murmuring against God right understand that that there's there's so many things in the world that we can get upset about okay but there's times when God says enough's enough right this was one of those times. If you read that scripture, I'm not going to read it all, but they openly questioned God and they openly questioned his motives. Now, God reached into Egypt in the midst of slavery and took them out. Okay, he freed them. They, were, they left there with treasure. Okay, he brought them across the Red Sea, took them all the way up through the wilderness. Okay, he's provided for them all the way, and they're questioning. Who he is they're questioning his provision for them they're questioning is he with us or not okay now sometimes how many ever had to trust the Lord for something okay how many ever had to just trust him and trust his provision have you ever had an instance in your life where there really wasn't any other choice but to trust him okay now if I had only one one place that a miracle could come from I would not bite that hand. Would you? Okay, if that was your last straw, if that was, that was the one providing every bit of your sustenance in the place you were, w- would you bite that hand that fed you? Okay, these, somebody didn't send these guys the memo. Okay, they were dependent on the Lord for everything. Okay, but yet they're willing to complain. Now let's go to Ezekiel 47. You guys are going to see something really neat here. I hope. Because it really hit me hard today, or or yesterday and then today. Ezekiel 41. says, afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And he's talking about the temple. Okay, now, let me explain something to you. When Ezekiel wrote this, there was no temple on earth. Okay, Babylon had come, conquered them, had had wiped out the temple, torn it down. Okay, there was no temple on earth. So this temple that he was seeing was not the temple on earth. It was the temple of the throne in heaven, okay? Now see, afterward he brought me again into the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. And to the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way through the utter gate by the way that looked eastward. And behold, there ran waters out the right side. So he's showing him The temple, uh, the temple in heaven, and there's water running out the eastern gate, okay? And it's running out, a river running out as far as he could see, okay? It says, and when he had that line in his hand, he went forth eastward. He measured a thousand cubits, and he brought forth through, through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles." And again, he measured a 1,000, brought me through the waters, and they were to the knees. And he measured a 1,000 and brought me through, and the waters to the loins. And afterward, he measured a 1,000, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. So you see this water, it started off as a little trickle, okay, ankle deep, okay? And then it got up to the knees, then it got up to his waist, and then before long, it was something that he couldn't even swim in, okay? So understand what he's seeing here. It's this big river starts off as a trickle, and as it goes, it gets bigger and deeper. Okay? Now, he says unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? And then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. So they took him back to the edge of the river. He said, Now when I return, behold, at the bank of the river there were many trees. Okay? On the one side and on the other. So he's, here you got this, this big river, and there's a lot of trees by it. Have you ever seen pictures like from the air of a river valley in a desert? And you see, like, there's desert, 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 and then you get near the river, and boom, it's green. Okay? There's something about that water. That w- whenever they, were, they, were there, they would blaze a trail through a desert, they would go from oasis to oasis to oasis to oasis to oasis till they got across the, wa- the desert. Because the water was so important. They, had, they could only go so far without the water. Understand the importance of water to living things. Understand it. Said, and now when I returned, behold, the bank of many trees on one side and the other. And then he said unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go out into the sea. Which, being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Okay. Now it shall come to pass that every living thing, everything that liveth, yeah, everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the river shall come, shall live, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither for they shall be healed and everything shall live whither the river cometh now you see the water flowing out of the temple of God. It starts out as a little bit of a trickle, but again, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Can anybody experience that in your life? When you when you came to the Lord and you experienced a little bit on your ankles, but as you kept going, you kept walking and kept moving with the, with the Lord and the word, and the water became deep and deep and deep. Has anybody ever been so lost in the word of God, so lost in the spirit of God, that it was just like a river that you were swimming in that was carrying you? Woo, I feel him tonight. And I, I can't, can't, has anybody ever ever experience that growth, that that feeling of being swept away by the Spirit of God. Amen. This water's flowing out of the temple, okay? Everywhere this water flowed, there was life. Hallelujah. Everywhere this water went, the waters were healed. Everywhere this water went, things were able to live. Death death wasn't there, okay? Understand. Now, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? You're the body, of, you know, do you not know that your body is the temple? And the Holy Ghost of which is in you, okay? Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Okay, so now we're talking about the temple in heaven here. But how many knows we're the temple now? Remember that? And the water that flows from the, from the throne of God now flows through us. Understand that we're that temple, that the water is going to run out from us, and it's going to be a little bit of a trickle, and it's going to get deeper and deeper. How many knows that the Spirit of God can run out of us, it can flow out of us? Amen. John 7:38 said, "He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow living water, rivers of living waters." Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand that the Spirit of God, that, that, is His, that is His prayer for you, that you would open yourself to that water and let it run down from the throne, from the throne of God and fill you up to overflowing, and that you'll walk and talk and speak like Him, that you'll act like Him, that you'll do His will in this earth. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. The rivers of life will now flow out of our bellies. Now, some of our bellies are bigger than others. But that doesn't have anything to do with how much water's going to flow out of you. Okay? The older I get, the more I got to watch it. I'm telling you. But the rivers will flow out of our bellies, giving life to those in need. Okay? And bringing life to the desolate places. Do you know that wherever we walk, we, the Spirit of the Lord is there? Do you know that wherever we gather together, whether it's one or two or three of us, that that we can say the name of Jesus, and that desolate place becomes holy ground? Do you not understand that we carry that with us? That that river of water can be opened up, can can be, we can we can issue that forth whenever we feel the the Holy Ghost move? On, that that any desolate place will now become living. Do you understand that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of places in this earth that need a touch of that living water? Amen. How many knows that we need to be willing vessels to cart that? out there to be willing to speak and to show it forth. Somebody say amen. Back to Ezekiel Ezekiel 47 11, but understand this it says but the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed they shall be given the salt now has anybody ever heard of the Dead Sea? Okay the Dead Sea is a sea in, in Israel and the salt content of that water is so great that nothing can live in it. Okay, it's the Dead Sea. So what's he saying here? He's saying that the, these, there are certain places that aren't going to be touched by that water. There's certain places that are not going to experience healing from that water. There's certain places that are going to be desolate forever. There's certain places that's going to be lifeless forever. There's certain places that's going to be given to salt. Okay, they're never going to go forth. Any You're never going to see a tree growing along that bank. You're never going to see a fish swimming in that water. Somebody say amen. So despite the effects of this healing water, so Ezekiel sees this river that's flowing out of the temple, okay? And wherever it goes, everything is getting healed. Wherever it goes, everything is alive. Everything is growing. Everything is thriving. But then he also sees these side places where that water can't touch, and that death remains there. So, uh, so despite having that healing water running right by it, there's places that are not touched by it. There are times that we allow the anointed preaching of the word. To descend upon the dark places that we need touched in our lives. And healing occurs, right? Has anybody ever come in, just you're hurting so bad. And you come into the house of the Lord. And the anointed preaching goes forth. And all of a sudden, you open that up, you're hurting, right? So you let that light shine on. You let that river, you let that water flow into your soul. On that place, amen. And you start to experience healing before you ever leave. And the next day, you feel a little better. Somebody say amen. However, there are other times, for whatever reason... We won't allow that light to shine on that place. For whatever reason, we won't allow that water to flow into that spot. And those places will remain dark and miry and unable to be healed by the water of the Spirit. Understand, that in order to remain a vile habitat for life, a, a body of water has to have flow into it and out of it. Understand that, in a, in a, you say, you, say you're putting in a pond in your backyard, okay? You just want to collect up water. It's got to have a way for new water to get in and the old water to go out, okay? Where you're never going to throw some fish in there, they're going to die, okay? Because it needs to have an inflow. You know we're like that. We need to have a constant flow. Do you know that that, 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 uh, that, that that river of living water that flows from the Lord, it needs to flow in us and out of us all the time? We need to be like a conduit that's, that, that, that's just, you know, we'll, we'll reservoir some of it. But, but how many of those brothers, but Brother Charlie, that sometimes they get, we get so full, we need to spout out and we need to release something? Amen? I can't count the number of times that I've gotten messages to preach and 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 i've got up here thinking i've had this huge revelation in something and i get up here and i speak it and i release it out there and as soon as i sit down more about what i what i could have said this more just pours into my spirit how many knows that we got to be releasing that in order to receive amen we need to have a constant flow of his word a constant flow of his spirit a constant flow of of His, his anointing flowing through our lives in order for us to stay healthy and grow somebody say amen If water's stationary for too long, it becomes unsuitable for meaningful life and becomes a place of decay. Have you ever seen, like, a river that's gone out of its banks or a lake or something? And then after it's retracted, there's still some water that's kind of, like, laid over to the side. And there might be a couple of fish in there, okay? And there's not long before it starts stinking. And then there's a bunch of mosquitoes flying over, and the fish are dead. And, and you, you understand what I'm saying? that The flow is not there. Okay, even though you got a little bit of water there, a little bit of life that was once there, the flow is no longer there. So understand, if you don't have flow, you don't have life. Understand, if you, don't, if you don't have something coming in and something going out, you don't have life. Understand, if you don't have something coming in and something going out, you don't have health. understand that nothing can live in you if you don't have something going out and something coming in. How many like mosquitoes I mean, you walk by those old marshes and they stink and rot and mosquito. Eh. Who wants that? And the longer a stagnant place, you understand, the longer a stagnant place remains, the worse it gets. Okay? That'll preach, won't it? The longer that stagnant place stays there, the longer you let it sit there, the worse it gets. <laughs> Amen. So under, and then understand this. Ezekiel then goes on to talk about the borders of the land, and this is the point that I really want to get to tonight. Ezekiel 47:19 it says, "And the south side, southward, from Tamar, and I want you to notice this word right here, this phrase, even to the rivers or waters of strife in Kadesh. Say, waters of strife. Say it, waters of strife. The river and the great sea, and this is the south side, southward." So from verses like, what, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, he's talking about all the borders of the promised land. But he gets here to this, the southward border. And remember what I said, that this was a place that had some significance for the Lord. This was a place when the Lord had had enough, right? This was a place where something was said, there was a result of something here. And I want, you to I want you to see this right here. This is where, this is the exact place, this southern border was the exact place that they strove with Moses and with God. They questioned his existence with them. They questioned his authority. Somebody say amen. And can I tell you that when you start to question the way that the Lord is leading you, okay? When you start to question his plan for your life, when you start to begin to set up your own boundaries, okay? Okay? your your ability to grow in the lord is going to be stifled. Now, what what does that mean? When we begin to think about what we when we make our start making our own rules. Okay? And when we start looking at things in our life, and the Lord's dealing with us to change something, and we're like, "Well, I'm not really sure I want to change that," you know, and you start to begin to strive with the Lord, and start to contend with His Spirit as He as He's given laying conviction. How many has ever sat in, in a church service and you felt the conviction of the Lord sit upon your heart and sit upon your spirit, sit upon your soul, and you knew exactly what He was dealing with you about, and then you walked out of the out of the door, and you w- could not get out fast enough to put that feeling off of you. And how many knows that you just want to ever? Forget about that ever happen, okay? You don't ever want to go back to that place again. So you're, you're striving with the Spirit of the Lord. You're contending, okay? You're questioning His path for your life. Understand that this instance of contention in the, in the Israelites, in the Israelite people, was so significant in the mind of God that He used that landmark to set a boundary. Of their allowable conquest of Canaan. That's the boundary that he set up for the south. Because, that, that, because that, that, that bout of whining. That bout of contention. That bout of disbelief. That bout of dishonoring God. He used that bout. He set up. He said you're not going to conquer anything further south than this. Because of what you did. How many knows that we can limit God's power in our life by setting up our own boundaries, by setting up our own rules? He may have he may have plans to expand you. He may have plans. He may have had plans for them to have the whole of Egypt. We don't know that. okay? but he set the southern border according to this spot right here, Kadesh, according to that waters of strife. According to the time when they, could not, when they could not believe, the time when they doubted him, when they doubted his plan for their life. In Jeremiah chapter 6, kind of opens a little bit more in, along this vein. It says, I have set thee for a tower. He's talking about Jeremiah. He said, I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way. Okay? He's saying, I send you to preach to them. I'm sending you to try them so to, to that they may know my way. Right? says that Verse 28 says, they are all grievous revolters. Mm. What if somebody said, hey, uh, you know that uh, Matt Chrisman, you know, Uh, what kind of guy is he? Oh, he's a grievous revolter. He's a grievous revolter. It says, they are all grievous revolters. They're wa- walking with slanders. They are brass and iron, and they are all corruptors. Yikes. Is that somebody uh, in line with the path of God for their life? Or is that somebody that have their own ideas? Is that somebody that thinks that they know better, right? Verse 29 says, The bellows are burned. The lead is consumed of the fire. The founder melteth in vain says, for the wicked are not plucked away. said, <laughs> all the heat we turn up, it's all in vain. Because they're, they're not even, they're there. They're, it's all in vain. The lead is consumed of the fire. The founder melteth in vain. It says, in this verse, verse 30 is the best though. It says, reprobate silver, shall men call them. Because the Lord hath rejected them. Okay, they might have once been silver. They might have been once worth something, but now they're not. Now they're, they're reprobate silver. They're something I don't even want. Okay, understand what he's saying here. Reprobate silver. He, said, he sent Jeremiah to help them find their way. They heard it, they heard the truth, and they rejected it. Okay? They saw the light, and they turned away. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, and ever, lots of people read that verse and they say, yeah, that means I, I got to work out my own plan. Okay, no, that's not what that means. Read the next verse. It says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he's saying, Look, you got to work out your own salvation. You got a hand in this. You got a hand in your own soul being saved. You got a hand in how you how you how close you're going to be to the Lord, okay? But it's his will for his pleasure that worketh in you. So what's he saying here? He's saying, you know, you got to work out your own plan or your own salvation with fear and trembling. But it's fear and trembling of the hand of God. It's fear and trembling of who's on the throne. It's fear and trembling about who's calling the shots. It's fear and trembling about his word. It's fear and, fear and trembling about what's right and wrong. What he says is right and wrong. How many knows that sometimes the, it's not against the law to be immoral? Somebody say amen. Just because it's not against the law doesn't not mean it's immoral or that it's moral, right? So understand that we can't set our own rules, but we're working out, our, our, we're working out our, our salvation with fear and trembling by the working of his spirit in us for his pleasure. Amen. It gets worse. Hang on. It gets worse, folks. I'm not done. Man, I was so convicted reading this. Isaiah 6, 8. He says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Amen, send me. And Isaiah 6 9 says, And he said, Go and tell this people, hear ye indeed. You hear, okay, but understand not. So he says, Go tell the people, you hear it, but you're not understanding. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. You ever seen something you didn't quite understand? OK, if you if you were in college and you accidentally went in the if you were a uh, English major and you accidentally stumbled into a calcu- uh, advanced calculus class, you might see, but you're going to perceive not. Understand it. OK, you're not going to understand anything that you're going to see there. Right. So understand that there's things that we can see and we don't understand. OK, he's saying you hear, but you don't understand. You see it, but you don't perceive it. He says make the heart of this people fat. And make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Okay? He says, then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitants. And the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. And, and, the, Lord, and the Lord hath removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. What's he saying here? Once again. We see the rejection of light, okay? We see the, the I see it, I'm turning, I'm, I'm not following it, okay? I hear it, I'm not listening to it. See, there's a danger in persisting or there's a danger in keeping going in something that you know God wants corrected in your life. There is a danger in that. There is a danger in having light. In your life, knowing right and wrong and not doing it. There's a danger in hearing the word of God preached to you and not heeding. There's a danger to your soul. Somebody say amen. When the word of the Lord goes forth, you receive it and be blessed. Right? Or you reject it and be cursed. This time that we live, we need to be on our knees asking him to show us those places. That we need to let the water in. Right? We get that water poured on us, man. We come in here. And sit, and we, you know, the, the word goes forth, and anointing goes forth, and we get that water poured on us. But how many knows that unless we open up, unless we let him pour that water onto those places that are dark, those places that are miry, those places that are desolate, somebody say amen, that we're not going to experience any healing. And understand, he hasn't taken a vote. This is not, it's not democracy. We don't get to vote on what's right and wrong. Uh, the world, you know, the church world might do that. They get together and say, we're going to have a meeting and come to, come to truth. We're going to come to truth on this issue by having a meeting now. No, you come to truth by the word of God. Somebody say amen. If it's not, if the word of God is against it, you cannot put, you cannot sanction it as being moral. You cannot put your stamp on it, okay? Somebody say amen. He's not taking a vote. He doesn't care what we think, okay? You ever had a leader who really didn't care what you think? <laughs> yeah, I'll, They. What's that, what's that phrase? Oh, yeah, okay. I'll take that under advisement. I'll take that under advisement when I'm making the decision. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it before I do what I want to do, basically, right? He's not taking a vote. Matthew and 19 talks about the fig tree. Jesus said when he saw a fig tree, Jesus was hungry. He wanted some figs. I don't not much for figs. Anybody like figs? Like, you like figs? Fig Newtons. My dad used to eat fig newtons. And never really liked those. It says and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing there on. Jesus wanted a fig. He was hungry. He wanted a fig. He said, hey, a fig tree. Goes up to it, there's no figs on it. It made him mad. Right? I mean, what good's a fig tree if you don't have any figs on it? Right? You go up to an apple tree in an orchard at harvest time, uh, We want to see some apples up on there because you can't make caramel apples without apples. Right. I'm a caramel apple fan, man. This time of year, I my my wife buys a six pack. I'll have that thing done in a couple days. I love them. I can't help it. But understand if you go to the apple tree and there's no apples, there's no caramel apples. Understand Jesus went to the fig tree. There was no fig. Okay. so he said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee. Here's henceforth forever what? And presently the fig tree withered away. Do you know he's looking for fruit on us? Do you know he's looking for us to bring forth fruit? Do you know that he stops at our fig tree looking for a fig sometimes, checking his figs? Amen. He said, I'm the vine and my my father's a husbandman. Okay. The branch that brings forth fruit or bringeth forth not fruit is taken away. Okay. You can't stay in the kingdom being unfruitful. You can't stay, you can't keep your place in the vineyard. If you go out to the same apple tree every year and it doesn't have any apples on it, what's getting ha- what's being done to that tree? It's getting cut down. We're going to make room for a new one, right? Understand that if you don't bring forth fruit, if there's no fruit on your on your if you got no figs on you, Jesus is going to be upset. Somebody say amen. But it's bad enough that we have things that need corrected. I mean, we all do, right? We all have things every I don't care how long you've been Christian. I don't care how long you've been, how good you think you are or whatever. We all need correction. Everybody has things that God's working on them about right now, right now. I don't care if you've been, you're a 40-year veteran, okay? God has things he wants corrected in you, right? But it's worse yet to have things that we know he wants corrected, and we keep doing, them, and we keep doing them, and we keep, we keep going back, and we keep doing them, and we keep persisting in them, and it's almost like his appeals for a change go just unheated. Just boop, boop. You know, the water comes up. I, I don't want that. The light comes up. I, I don't want that. You know, I'll take it about this, but this over here, no. I don't want any light on that. How I many of us we have our pet, our pet peeve sins? Amen. We have our pet peeve sins. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. But understand this. That there's not going to come a day. When you know what, there's a verse that just came to me. Let's see if I've got it in here. I thought about it today. Yes, Revelations 22. You know, when we refuse to change, we become reprobate silver. That's us. We're we're of no use to Him, refusing to change. Revelations 22:10 said, he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. And I want you to take notice of this right now. Hallelujah. Take notice of this. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. Let he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, Let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have the right to the tree of life. And may enter into the city of the gates, gates into the city, or without, that means without, outside the gates, or without the city, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride say come. And let him that hear say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take freely of the water of life. Right? It's free. It's here. It's being poured out. Take freely of it, okay? But, if, but what I want you to understand here is that verse 11 says there's going to, there's going to come a time when, uh, when our fates are sealed. There's going to come a time when he's going to say, okay, stop. Just stop right here. Now, the unjust are just going to be unjust. And the filthy are going to be filthy. And the righteous are going to be Righteous. And the holy are going to be holy. Just stop right here. Just stop. There's going to come a time. And whether it's because you die, whether it's because he causes the last time, day to come, whether or not he, he writes you off and lets you just go and do whatever you want. How many you know first chapter of Romans, he talked about the reprobate, right? He's going to let them do a lie. He's going to let them believe a delusion, that they'll believe a lie, right? He's going to let them, if they, love, if they don't love him, if they're not thankful, right? To so understand that our last chance to make things right uh, that 's what that means your, when your fate's sealed you ever heard that i sealed my fate okay there 's nothing I can do to change it there's there's not another uh, there's not a court I can appeal higher to there's not there's not a there's not a letter that I can write there 's not an apology that i can make there 's not an excuse that 's going to work there's not a fine that I can pay there's not a restitution that i can make there's not there's not there's not a Um, I I can't just, you know, all of a sudden change my attitude, okay? The fate, it's over. The time to change, the time to make things right is over. He's saying, let the just be just and the unjust be unjust right now. Let the filthy just be, they're going to be filthy. Let the righteous be righteous, the holy be holy. There's going to come a time when you've had your last shot, when I've had my last shot. A time when the opportunity to make right has passed and things will remain as they are. Nope, it's over. Jesus, in verse uh, Matthew 23, he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stone them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee under my wings, gathered, or gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You got your house, it's yours, and it's going to be desolate. Your fate's sealed. Stand with me if you will. Uncle Tim, you want to come and play something softly? You wanna come and play something softly? Thanks. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine, it says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward. But I want you to notice here, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His will is for us to be saved. Somebody say amen. He wants to heal you, not destroy you. We all mess up. We all hold on to things that we shouldn't hold on to, right? That he's told us to let go of. We're all guilty of stubbornness. We're all guilty of lying. We're all guilty of, of walking our own way, being living in the dark. We're all guilty uh, of, of, of doing things that we wish we could take back, right? He wants to heal your stagnant waters. He wants to heal your desolate places. He wants to be your light inside. And I almost called this, this word tonight, your rooms of ruin. You know, we all have these places inside of us for whatever reason, whether it's hurts, or wounds, or trauma, or uh, regret, or guilt, or fear, or it, it, we all have these places inside of us that we really don't want anyone to know about, and these places, sometimes we protect, we build up little walls around them, so nobody ever gets to touch it, nobody ever gets gets to get in there, nobody ever, no light ever shines in there, those are the places that you need to let him Those are the things that need to be healed. Because at some point, that light's not going to be there anymore. He wants to be the light inside your rooms of ruin. All we have to do is repent and let the water flood into those dark areas. Lay it at the altar and leave it there. That's all you got to do. Joel 2.12, it says, There also now, saith the Lord, Turn ye even unto me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And verse 13 says, and rend your heart, not your garments. Okay? We don't need to make a big showing of it. Okay? We don't need to run screaming to the altar if we don't feel it. Okay? But all we got to do is rip our heart open and let him in to that spot. Let him truly in to those places that we're keeping from him. Understand that he says, rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Right? slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of evil. You know, there's, there's times when um, there's, there's times when I've, I've had to uh, admit things to myself and to others I didn't want to admit. Amen. There's been times when I've had to ask forgiveness to God for something that he had already forgiven me for. I did it again understand that there's times when uh, there's times when um, all I could do is cry and say I'm sorry that's all I could get out and you know um, you don't have to know exactly what to say exactly what to do all you gotta do is open up just give it to him let him in that spot